welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast, where we interview influential leaders who learn the why and how they turn their passions into progress that set them on the path to leaving their legacy. Welcome into this special episode of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. This is episode number 26. We're throwing back to some of our favorite episodes from season one for the month of September. We have a ton of stuff planned for October and we can't wait to share that with you. Episode number eight is with Ren Aaron, who is campus pastor of the Church of the Highlands Auburn campus. Listening back to his episode just really reminded me of some of the the best things about about this community. Uh, So I hope that you take something from it. So don't forget to subscribe to the Leadership Legacy Podcast. We're on Apple, iTunes, Podcasts. We're anchor.fm forward slash leadership legacy. You can also find us on leadershiplegacy.show. Make sure to subscribe. We've got a ton of fun stuff coming in October. Let's listen. Welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast. I have the distinct honor of sitting across from Ren Aaron, campus pastor of the Auburn Church of the Highlands campus. Ren's been a friend for over the last five years. Feels like I've known you for a lot longer, just the, with just with uh, being able to hang out with you and eat good food and and just be a just be alongside of you serving here at, at church. Uh, you started uh, helping out with the um, with the college ministry. You are crazy busy, um, so thanks for taking time out of your day to, to come talk to me, man. It's my pleasure. Well, Ren, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, you know, where did you grow up? Where did the love of serving others come from? I. Grew up in eclectic Alabama, not too far from here, and uh, learned a lot uh, about how to love and treat people from my parents. Um, They did an incredible job of not only setting an example, but but just in watching them, their interactions. So I guess I learned a lot from them Mm -hmm. and, and how they... How they handle themselves around other people. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, that was the genesis of kind of designing, you know, the, my design. Uh, but yeah, I graduated high school from um, Elmore County High School in Eclectic. Got married shortly thereafter. Moved to Birmingham um, with my wife, my new wife at the time, and spent some time there. Then came back to Eclectic, spent time there, and all this time I'm teaching and coaching because that's mm-hmm. my my background is teaching and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, had a couple of girls along the way, and uh, we packed up in '99 and moved to Gulf Shores, and uh, okay. helped start a school there. Yeah, so oh. I was—I think I was the second coach they hired for the newly formed Gulf Shores High School. Okay, in '99, so we packed up and country goes to the beach, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, amazing time down there, and then came to Auburn in '07. Okay, I uh, moved here because of a little job shift, and uh, plus we wanted to get back closer to family. Mm-hmm. So came back here, and so here we are in Auburn, Alabama. Awesome. Well, how did you get the job as uh, as coming on staff here with uh, with with the Auburn campus that started in the furniture store, which is you know maybe half a mile down the street from here? Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Yeah, when we got here, uh, we were looking for a church, mm-hmm. and so we we knew there's so many great churches in Auburn, are. and we had this list, this almost like a shopping list. Mm-hmm. So when we got here. Um, Hollis was on the list, and it was actually the first church we came to, and 
we actually fell in love with it and never visited another church. Yeah. Not because there aren't great churches. It was just because we just fell in love with Highlands. Yeah. I locked in on the vision and mm-hmm. reaching so many people, not only in Auburn, in our community, but around the world. And yeah. Sherry and I started leading college small groups, and one thing kind of led to another, and we began to you know, lead in, and in other areas as well, and then had an opportunity to come on staff in um, January of 2013, so came on staff full-time then, mm-hmm. but have been dream team or serving since 07. Yeah. And, and wow. here, here we are in 2018. Yeah, 2018. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy ride. God stories, just God yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. The the growth that just this area has seen from moving from the furniture store to the the campus. I I, I want to say new campus, but mm-hmm. this is this campus is almost five years old. Right. Is it's just amazing. You move to uh, you move from a furniture store that's kind of crowded to a bigger facility and you start having overflows the first the first week um it's just it's it's awesome to see how how god is just how god moved you through you know just being on the dream team to being helping with small groups and then on to college uh, ministry and now the campus pastor when you're taking on the role as not necessarily campus rent aaron campus pastor church of the highlands Mm -hmm. when you're taking on the role of just rent aaron Mm -hmm. And you're looking for someone to work with, some somebody maybe to hire, to do work at your home, or even you know to bring on staff, you know with a, with with this ministry. Um, what do you look for in a person? Yeah, it's it's so relational, especially you know what we do here at Highlands. I mean, it's we 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 bring people around us that lead with us and lead around us uh, that have a lot of relational equity. Mm-hmm. That we have a relational equity in, so we we really try to put time in with people and and make sure that we know each other well and mm-hmm. know how each other kind of what turns turns our gears and, yeah. and what motivates us and what what's ex, what we're excited about and and maybe just the vision and and really a potential in people too. I love mining potential out of people yeah. and developing people and. It's um it's one, probably the coolest thing we get to do is to see someone and know there's stuff in there and just have an mm-hmm. opportunity to watch God, you know, produce this person that's just full of life and and purpose. Yeah, because so you can see that potential that God has for them. Yeah, and maybe they are there's something about their personality. Maybe they're a little shy, yeah. or maybe there's something in there that you know they need to go through that process, that next step process yeah. that we talk about here. Um, to pull out that that leadership yeah. or that you know the the hospitality mm-hmm. or the servant in them that they was always planted in there that seeds in there that God gave them mm-hmm. as their kind of spiritual gift so that, right. that that's got to be cool just to see oh, that it's, happen. It's pro- it, you know it's one of the greatest wins I think we or people who 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 lead or who influence others is probably one of the greatest things is to see someone else develop and grow into their potential yeah. and to see what all they are able to do and what God, how God can use them. That's, yeah. It's a great thing. That's awesome. Well, we talked about principles there a little bit and kind of drive. What drives you to, to get up every morning yeah. and, and come, to, come to work? Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, this is going to sound like a cliche, but I just love life. Mm-hmm. I just love life. I love opportunity. I love potential. I think I'm I'm the glasses half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I just always really do look toward the positive mm-hmm. in people and even in situations. And I just think things can get better. 
Mm-hmm. I just do. I, I, it would be hard to convince me that something can't get better or mm-hmm. something. There, and it's all about, it's, it's really all about God. I, God gets in the middle of things, they change. Mm-hmm. So I, and I know that's there. Yeah. Just, I mean, just the possibility of it happening is, I love that. Yeah. Well, what principles have helped you personally and in the ministry you know, maybe when times get tough, or when mm-hmm. times are even when times are great. I mean, especially with that kind of perspective on life. Yeah, you know, I, I'm getting as you get older, and I think this is a something that takes place as you get older. I'm not saying you have to be old to believe this, but but the thought of just a short time here on Earth and eternity, you know, being what eternity is, uh-huh. it it gives you a perspective on things and maybe a value on things that's, that mm-hmm. maybe changes what how much stock you put in things. Yeah. Is that I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So just really trying to put emphasis on the relation relationships that you have with people and really make the things that are really important important. Yeah. And and time speaks volumes. So how much time can you put into relationships and and that's. You know, at the end of the day, relationships is what matters, mm-hmm. and that's that's really in in all fronts, from a spiritual to a an earthly relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what really is going to matter. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's super important. Yeah, that's good. Well, there's a uh, there's a stigma behind the word failure. Yeah, for most people, um, but I think the success comes in what you do with that failure. Right. What does that What does that word mean to you? You know, I, here's the way I, I see failure really defined as opportunity. I really do. Mm-hmm. For, for me, it's not a cliche. I really believe that. Yeah. I, I think any failure is a chance to rebound. It's mm-hmm. a chance to get better. It's a chance to discover. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, you know, being a coach at heart, that's what I am. I'm a coach. Yeah. If, if you're coaching, you have to view failure as an opportunity because if you don't then you never progress yeah you go backwards actually yeah so you know just in my in my many many years I coached my first team when I was 12 years old I I had a group of six and seven year olds that I coached Mm -hmm. and I coached from the the time I was 12 till I was way up in my 40s so I've I've always had teams around me Mm -hmm. And so I learned, I don't, I have no idea what age, but I learned very young that the failure was just really a gateway to doing something else. Yeah, it's a stepping stone. It, it is. You have to move on. So, yeah, I, I, that was ingrained in me. And then when the spiritual component was added to my life, then it uh, multiplied it out because it mm-hmm. became even bigger and more. It, it was true. It was a mm-hmm. truth. It was actually a spiritual truth that I was operating in and really didn't realize it. Yeah. Because that's such a spiritual truth. Yeah. A lot of people can get stuck and never progress. And like you said, that going backwards, if people try something and they fail and they don't try again, there the the potential that's there down the road that maybe yeah. God has that God has planned for them right. could maybe never ever be fulfilled mm-hmm. because of you know because of the way the enemy tries to grab hold of that and use that to our disadvantage. Right. So when you're dealing with members of the church or members of the community. There's an aspect I would imagine, as a as a pastor, as a leader, of customer service yeah. or just serving other people. Really, um, what are some of the skills that you learned over time that have helped you deal with people that feel wronged either by 
by you or by the church or by another business. How have you learned to deal with that and maybe some skills that you've used in the past to, to help that person along and try to, even when maybe they are wrong? Because right. in, in the service industry, the customer is always right, Absolutely. whether they're wrong or not. Yeah. Um, and it, the service industry really, as a, as a church, as a whole, um, as a pastor, as a leader, um, we're always impacting other people. Mm-hmm. So how, how have you learned to, uh, to kind of deal with, with that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, um, there's a, a part of all of us, it, either deep down inside or it's on the surface, that there's compassion in all of us for mm-hmm. people. Sometimes you, can, you, have to, you have to bring it up, and sometimes it's on the surface and the compassion is there, but I think you can always, even if someone is in a state of, of being offended or hurt or even in a search, you know, I think compassion for people that they understand and they can pick up on mm-hmm. through word with through a few words or through a lot of words. I believe you can you can demonstrate compassion to people, not doing what they want you to do necessarily, mm-hmm. yeah. and not giving them the answer that you that they necessarily want, but letting people know that you care about them, that you really do. Yeah, and if that can be conveyed, then walls begin to break down and then conversations can be had and so you know when when meeting people or or are dealing with situations if walls can begin to come down then you can get down to really what's going on because most of the time what initially is said is not the deal there's something else there yeah so the compassion lets people know that man you do care or someone does care and then things begin to become become easier and you can get down to the root of what's really going on yeah I think that's the key is if somebody's angry at you for you know not doing something very small and that that seems to be the issue in like in, in the service industry that maybe somebody's upset because they feel like they didn't get the full value of something right or they feel like they missed out mm-hmm. um, but usually there's something deeper going Absolutely. on and, it's, and, it, and it may be a personal issue it may be a family issue it could be a work issue but having that compassion and that discernment to know, hey, look, this is not a personal attack. Maybe it is, mm-hmm. but most of the time it's not going to be a personal attack. And if we can, if we can get past that and and just kind of see the deeper meaning as to as to why they're upset, you may be able to help them out of a out of a tough situation. Yeah. Hurting people tend to hurt people. So when people are operating, and it doesn't matter if we're not we're not even spiritual. They not to be spiritual. But if people are offended or they hurt or they're maybe there's some disillusionment in in what they're doing. If you can break through and kind of get to the root of that, then you, you've got a place that you can operate from and maybe even help them. Yeah. So, you know, if yeah. you help people understand, that's yeah. huge. A lot of times, that's all people need. They just need help understanding something. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. You yeah. know? Yeah. So it's really just trying to figure that out, you know? Yeah. And the quicker, the better, by the way. The quicker, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. A lot of that compassion comes out in the way that we serve people. And with the the new Dream Center that's opened up on Donahue, um, what was the what was the need behind that, and and what's the kind of the goal um, for for that facility? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, the Dream Center just the, the the terminology means a lot of things to a lot of people because there's there's expressions of Dream Centers, you know, literally all over the world. Um, 
started, I think the genesis of that's in, in Los Angeles um, yeah. with uh, Pastor Barnett and, and their, their, their team. But it's, it's morphed itself in a beautiful way, yeah. and it doesn't have to be uh, in, a, in, a, in an urban setting right in the middle of neighborhoods. It can be, a dream center can be anything that you operate out of to demonstrate compassion and love for people. And here in Auburn, we are pretty much a rural town with mm-hmm. needs everywhere, not just in a central location. Yep. So our Dream Center model is going to be a place where we do a lot mm-hmm. of sending out and mobilizing people and yeah. getting people moved out into areas to to, to demonstrate compassion and yeah. to help people and to serve people, to love people mm-hmm. where they are and not necessarily having them come to us, exactly. but taking, taking things to people and to neighborhoods and to areas. Um, so we're really excited about the opportunities that we're going to be afforded and it's all done through people that 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 serve through this house and yeah. the gifts and the abilities and the, the 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 areas that they're compassionate about that's who we are yeah so it's almost like a blank page right now and we're yeah. going to be writing the script for years and years to come that's awesome that's awesome i did, i wanted to get that in there because of just you know how important that that place is going to be it already has been through all the service that's been going on yeah. up until that yeah. it's not just starting there have been people that have been really serving and, and yeah. sacrificing their weekends and their yeah. and some people every day of their lives mm-hmm. really to just serve others and, and they feel that servant mm-hmm. that servant pull that the gods bless them so much that they can bless other people and yeah. and to have a facility where um, you can mobilize and, and send out a truck or send yeah. out a group of people to go help somebody in need that may, may through certain life situations, feel ashamed to come ask for help. That's right. But you show up at their door and they see the love of God working through you. That's right. It's just it's huge, and yeah. um, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with it too. Yeah. The the, you know, unfortunately, or, you know, just we've got this definition that the church is the building that you meet at on Sunday, and mm-hmm. that's. That's not really the definition of the church. Yeah. You know, the church is really seriously just, it's, of course it's people, yeah. but it's people mobilized yeah. is what the, the local church. We say the the hope of the world is the local church, and I really do believe that, yeah. but it is the hope The hope of the world is the local church mobilized yeah. and actually doing something with yeah. what God has given them, whether it's time, talent, abilities, whatever, taking you leverage what you have for, yeah. for God and for his kingdom. That the dream center is going to be a part of that. Going back a little bit um, into into the ministry in your personal life, what's been the hardest thing for you in balancing that, in balancing the ministry, um, your prof- your your profession, mm-hmm. um, with your personal life? You know, it's. I guess my my answer might not be the answer you're looking for, uh, but here we go. Uh, my world has been defined by my occupation. You know, since I began working full time as a teacher and a coach, mm-hmm. because you really don't balance that. Because it, if you try to balance it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It really doesn't because of the hours and the commitment. So, my the best way for me to def, to define that is making sure that you're healthy and your family is healthy, and that you're your occupation and your life blend in such a way that there's not a great separation, but also making sure that everything is as healthy as possible yeah. along the way. That's the best way I can define it. And I've been I've been doing it for many years. Mm-hmm. I've not been doing it well for many years, mm-hmm. but I've gotten better at it because 
teaching and coaching and pastoring are really not any different as far yeah. as the demands and as far as the time and and your commitment levels because yeah. it's all about people mm-hmm. and people are part of your life. It's not like you, it's not clocking in and clocking out, but but you have to be very responsible for your own health and for the health of your family. And that's that over the years that's become really really important. So it's it is it is balancing but it's making sure your blend is good and there, that there's health there. And, uh, and it'd be different for different people. I mean, I talk to people about this all the time. And one man's balance in ministry is not another man's balance. Not that there's right or wrong, but it's just different. It's just how they do it. It's how it is. Like right now, my, my children are, are grown and married and moved off. And moved, you know, they've got their families. And Sherry and I, my wife, we're at home by ourselves. That's a different balance than when both girls were in school and we were living together. And we, my yeah. wife was working and I was working. So it, 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 it's really the season of life that you're in. And, yeah. How to take care of it? Yeah, and and now you're you're uh, you're the boss. Yeah, boss got three grandkids. Yeah, yeah. this is wow. It, it's true that it is a reward for not killing your children. It really, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I, it really, really is. And and I, <laughs> I, I those grandkids. It is unbelievable the joy that they bring. It is so much fun. Yeah, it's fun watching my parents and and Kate's parents. You know, just interact. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my dad, my dad always jokes like, "Hey, you know, they're going back with you. We're gonna, we're gonna load them up. We're gonna spoil them as best as we can, and then we'll just give them back to you." That's the that's the secret club motto of grandparents. Yeah, we all do that. It's yeah. like, I don't feed them anything until I know where they're going to spend the night, and then, then I begin. <laughs> if, you, if you're staying here, a little less sugar. But if yeah. you're going home, man, what do you want? You know, yeah. you, want you, some, you can have it all. You can have candy. You can have matter. coffee. Let's do. Let, you know, let's go ahead. I know you love coffee. Yes, you're right. a coffee connoisseur, a yeah. foodie at heart. Yeah. Um, so hey, you know why not start them young? That's right. I can sugar it up and let them get them to like the taste, and you never know where that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, when you have some of that downtime, which is yeah. probably pretty rare, you tend to you know eat good food, drink good coffee. You know you love Brazil. Yeah. You love traveling. Um, what's what's the what's the the best thing that you like to do when you have some off time, man. I, I am. You, you got man. You got me pretty good there. Um, I love to run. I'm. Um, I'm planning a big run for later on in the year. So I've been a kind of a long distance guy for mm-hmm. many many years, and I'm. I'm kind of laughing at the face of getting older, trying to by just running more almost. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, I do that and. I love working around the house and in the yard, and I'm a, I love the kitchen, so yeah. I'm that I'm that guy too. And um, I really uh, love spending time here in Auburn with athletics, and yeah. I've been coaching for so long. I, it's it I guess it's easy to see how much I love yeah. athletics and sports and living in this t- wonderful town with these amazing teams and coaches. Yeah. And it's we Sherry and I we spend a lot of time going to games and practices and it's it's kind of part of our world now we we actually would really miss that because that's really all we've known since yep. really since our marriage has been athletics and so uh, yep. we love doing that that's that's really cool that 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 sherry you know shares that that passion and that joy too because it's it's fun to see y'all traveling and and or or here at the softball game and basketball game baseball game football game and then traveling with those teams you know when they're when they're competing at, at a higher level, it's 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 just a cool aspect. You you want to find somebody, 
your life partner that enjoys some of the things that you do because it makes it that much more of a connection and and something to enjoy instead of you know somebody being at home and somebody staying on the golf course all day you know it just helps with the with the relationship I think I get I get a bad rap because I have a lot of people that accuse me of dragging her to athletic events and just talk to her she's the one that initiates a majority of the things we go to she does and people don't believe it but she she pretty much does and we design vacations around athletic events that's how we vacation we'll uh, we're planning a trip to uh, Daniel Cross and one of our one of our former players here at Auburn got drafted uh, by the Minnesota Vikings so we've already circled the game I mean we're going to watch him play absolutely so it's just that's how we vacation that's what we travel with the basketball team we'll we'll jump in the car that's part of the it's one of the beauties of being empty nesters you can kind of jump in the car and you know, go to Tallahassee and watch a baseball game. Drive back, so yeah, exactly. we're not we're not beyond doing that. Yeah, you don't have to worry about nap time no, or no, you know, no. ba- a thousand bathroom stops on the way down there. And get my Yeti full of coffee and let's go. Let's do it. Let's That's go. awesome. Yeah. Um, well, what's uh, what's going back to you know things that inspire you, athletics and things like that. A lot of us, like for me specifically, I like to read a lot of business books. I like to read a lot of books uh, from from pastors I like to follow yeah. um, what's the what's the best book you've read recently <clears throat> I'm not a great reader okay I'm getting better mm-hmm. I've actually this is kind of crazy but I've had someone coaching me on how to be a better reader okay I when I see some area of my life that's lacking that's glaring I'll I'll be quick to get help yeah. And I want to be a better reader, so yeah. I've gotten actually some that's awesome. some coaching in how to read better. Yeah. I mean, I can don't I can read. Don't, yeah. Okay, I can read, <laughs> but I just don't spend time doing it. My life yeah. has been so active, and I'm yeah. always moving and with people. But I've begun to see more and more value in reading. The best book I've ever read is a book by actually a friend of mine, Andy Andrews. Okay, called The Noticer. Um, great book. This not a leadership book but the principles in the book about how to how people function and and how to influence people really by noticing people where they are and just being aware of people around you it's uh it's incredible it's set in it's actually set in Gulf Shores where I used to live okay so that's part of the draw Andy live Andy Andrews actually lives there okay so the book is um it's written as a story but all the places in it are close to my heart because yeah. I live there. But the but the over the takeaway from the book is how to be aware of people, and I think we all can use that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in the people business, so yeah, it really helps. I think that's a good prayer to have too. Is God help us to notice the needs? Yeah. And you know to be noticers of, of people that are hurting and right. or people that are that are are doing are doing what they're called to do and are in a good place, but to notice that as yeah. well and to see, you know, to be able to learn from that. Yeah. Um, that's a, I'm going to have to read that now. Uh, it's um, a great short, it's a short read because I'm a non-reader. Yeah. Or getting a, I'm getting to be a better reader, yeah. but yeah, it's a, it's a good read, but the impact, it, I think about it all the time. I think when, when you, when you get asked the question about a book, even though I've not read tons of books, the one that really just the most impactful book that I still think about, yeah. Like, I still think about that yeah. book. And I've given away a bunch of copies, too, because I think other people need to read it as well. You know, Absolutely. it's like, hey, man, you need to read this book. Yeah. yeah. 
And Amazon makes that really easy. You yeah. send it to them. You know, yeah. you don't have to. Amazon. You don't have to go to the store. You can yeah. just kind of send it to people. Yeah. So. Think about it. Get on your computer. That's right. One click buy. There it goes. That's right. That's Amazon right. is it's a good and a bad thing. Yes. Um, well, what's what's one piece of advice, or maybe not one piece? What's your advice to someone wanting to get into the ministry? Any resources that you can share, or maybe just a thought that you want to give people as they're thinking about is this something that they want to do? Yeah. I think, I think ministry is so based in serving people, and in, in being a servant, mm-hmm. uh, that I, Jesus being the most incredible servant leader, yeah. you know, in the history of mankind for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I think the if someone wants to to be in ministry, you know, even full time, or just how to minister to people in our everyday life, mm-hmm. it's it's. It's how to serve people. It's a heart check in making sure that you, you really do put other people first, that you do think about other people before yourself yeah. and, and treat uh, treat people like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff you, it's really stuff we learn as a child that we're taught. Yeah. But the principle there is is what ministry is all about. Yeah. You know, when Jesus came and walked on the earth, he was constantly adding value to people, mm-hmm. serving people, making people better. And so that's 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 the key. Yeah, to we me. have such a great example. Yeah. Well, the last question I have, I ask everyone, at the end of your life, when it's time to go meet your Father in Heaven. Yeah. Um, as you look down on your family, your community, the church family here, the people that you've impacted, what do you want them to remember you by, and what do you want that legacy to be? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, once again, as you get older, you begin to think about this a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I just want to be remembered as someone who loved his family a lot. Like, mm-hmm. really, not just said it, but did it. Yeah. And just really exemplified, not perfection, but just somebody that loved their family mm-hmm. and that gave that gave all he could give. Yeah. And I, I really, I want to go out, I want to go out giving. So just whatever, whatever that looks like in whatever season of life I'm in. Yeah. Because it's it changes, you yeah. know, throughout your life. I just want to be known as someone who gave it all, you know. Yeah. I don't want to leave anything, you know, anything behind that could be, could have been done. Yeah. So um, I guess that that's kind of sums up where I am now with legacy. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I love that. Well, Ren, man, like I told you, I've been excited. I've been looking forward to sitting down with you and just kind of getting real with you and and get to know a little bit more about you as a person. And man, I. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. You're serving. There's so many. There's so many incredible people around this church family that that you impact on a daily basis. And so I just I just thank you for this. I thank you for the time that you've given me today, uh, just to just to do that and just to get to know you a little bit better. Well, it's been my pleasure. I mean, I mean, any anytime you can sit down and and just have a conversation with someone, man, it's it's valuable. I learned I learned a lot about you and myself today. So yeah. thanks for the great questions. Absolutely. Hey, this is your host, Tony Oravet of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this past episode. It would mean the world to me if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Show notes and information on today's guest are on leadershiplegacy.show. 